Our scripture reading this morning comes from Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 29. Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant-yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. Prophet Isaiah declares that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, I remember my very first Cato family reunion. As you know, we are not Catos, but we were graciously invited to participate in On the Fun. And it's so cool to watch a family sharing things in common. And what was really cool, especially, was that Olivia felt so much a part of the Cato family that unbeknownst to anyone, she included herself in the Cato family photo. <laughs> but it, it truly is wonderful when families share things in common. And today, we're talking about something that we as humanity in general share in common, not only with each other, but with the Lord. This passage this morning teaches us five, really more than five, but we're only talking about five important things. Number one, we are made in God's image and likeness. That's huge. The God of heaven and earth made you and me in his image. Now, as a side note, I want to remind you that when we read man in verses 26 to 27, it's referring to mankind or humanity, not solely males. As we read through Genesis 1, we see that God creates plants, fish, birds, and animals according to their kinds. And that's repeated over and over. To the point when God gets to creating humanity, we're expecting God to create humans according to their kind. But here he does something different. He creates humanity in his image and his likeness, making us distinct from every other created being that God has created. And while we share characteristics with the animals, Ultimately, we are not animals. Verse 27 makes it clear as well that men and women alike are made in God's image, meaning that we are equal in value, that one is not better than the other and one is not lesser than the other. And so being made in God's image is true of all human beings without exception. And because we are made in God's image and likeness, we have value. Now, of course, some of you may be wondering, yeah, but what does it mean to be made in God's image and likeness? 
Well, one of the things that we've been talking about at our Wednesday night Bible study is that when we see words or concepts that we don't understand in Scripture, it can be helpful sometimes to go to other parts of Scripture that use those same words and concepts to see if they shed light on that. And that works especially well for this passage. Because when we go to Genesis 5, we see image and likeness use again together. Genesis 5, 3. When Adam had lived 130 years, he fathered a son in his own likeness, after his image, and named him Seth. And so Seth is Adam's son. And he is made in Adam's image and likeness. And so this concept of image and likeness means to be related in a family connection. And so for us to be made in God's image and likeness means that we are God's kin, that we are his sons and daughters. And this is also confirmed by how those words are used not only in Scripture but throughout the culture that surrounded Israel. By our very nature, we relate to God in a unique way that no other creatures do. Old Testament scholar Carmen Imes writes that if we take seriously the Bible's claim that God created us, then our human identity is firmly linked with our creator. We are who we are because of who God is and who God intended us to be. Listen to this part. We cannot accurately define ourselves without reference to God. Second thing we learn. As those made in God's image and likeness, we are God's kin. That's our identity. And that doesn't change. Now we know that sin disrupted our relationship with God. It separated us from our maker because of our treason against him. But it did not change, damage, or alter the reality that we are still made in God's image. I am my father's son. I'm made in the image and likeness of my dad. And that doesn't change whether I walk away or curse his name or change my name or even get plastic surgery. I'm still my father's son. And so our sin separates us from God. It earns us his judgment. But it does not take away the intrinsic value we have as human beings made in his likeness. And Christ shows us this because he came to die to restore our broken relationship with God. He placed immense value on us when he took God's judgment upon himself so that those in his image who trust in him could be saved. Now, since that is the case, our worth is in our being, not in our doing. Often we measure our worth by our productivity. You know, how productive are we at work or in the home or at school? And if we got a lot of things accomplished in a day, then yeah, we're great, we're awesome. But if we didn't get much accomplished, we're trash. Ugh, I'm a terrible person. Or we measure our worth by how much money we have in the bank. 
our net worth, which quite frankly is a terrible term. Sometimes we measure our worth based on arbitrary or inaccurate standards of what it means to be beautiful or what it means to be cool. But our value does not come from any of these things. Our value as people comes from simply being human, created by God. Because to be human is to be made in God's likeness. And thus to be human is to be of extraordinary, inestimable value and worth beyond what we can or can't do. And so if, if you wind up being the least productive person in the world, the poorest of poor, if you fail every single one of your classes, if you are the most uncool person in the universe, that does not for one second change your value and worth. If you find yourself disabled, dealing with physical, mental, emotional difficulties, if you cannot ever get out of bed to do anything, that does not change your value or your worth. You are made in God's image and his likeness. Every human, by nature of our sheer existence, has value and worth. And thus, we're meant to treat each other as such. The other day, Teddy and I were watching Power Rangers. I know you are all shocked about that. And in this episode, a kid was getting bullied. And the bully, after pushing the dude around, said to him, you're nothing. And that's essentially saying, you don't matter, you have no value, nobody cares about you. And if you've ever had words like that spoken over you, you know how incredibly painful that is. But those words are a lie. Because right from the beginning of Scripture, God tells us that we are made in his image, and we have extreme value. All right, kids, I need you to do something for me. I need you to repeat after me. I am made. I'm sorry. Let me, uh, let me turn up my hearing aid so I can hear you guys better. I am made better in the image and likeness of God. And that does not change whether, so oh, sorry, that was it. Now let me talk. <laughs> that does not change regardless of what people say about you or say to you. That does not change regardless of how you feel about you or how you speak to yourself. You are made in God's image and likeness. And so number four, as those made in God's image, we are meant to relate to God in a unique way. We're made to know the one in whose image we are. And we can only rightly live out our identity as those in God's image in right relationship with God. And we can only live in right relationship with God through trusting in Jesus, who erases our sin and reconciles us with God the Father. Now, a person who doesn't trust in Jesus, they're not living according to their purpose, but they are still made in God's image. And that's why we tell other people about the gospel message, so that more people made in God's image may know the one who created them and be saved. When someone comes to faith in Christ, it's, it's really like someone who abandoned the family 
coming home. It's like a lost child coming back. And God the Father welcomes his children with open arms in Christ. Carmen Imes again writes that we cannot ever find out who we truly are without knowing who the Lord is. And so if you want to know who you are and what your purpose is in life, you will only ever find it through knowing the Lord. Now, as those meant to relate to God, he has made us rulers over his creation. We're given authority over the land, the animals, the fish, and the birds. And this dominion we have is a responsibility to care for the earth and its creatures as God would. We're caretakers of God's creation, serving under him. Now, how foolish would it be for someone to be hired as a caretaker, say, of a college, and um, ravage its resources, trash the place, and even bring harm upon the students? That would not be a very good caretaker, right? This is yes, this is no. Okay. (laughs) In the same way, how foolish is it when we abuse our environment and our fellow humans? How we use the resources of this planet that God gave us matters. Do we endanger the long-term flourishing of our planet for the sake of immediacy? You see, when we're not good caretakers, we don't just harm our environment, we harm our fellow humans. Carmen Imes, and if you're wondering why I keep quoting her, she wrote a great book on the image of God. She writes that the world's poorest communities suffer disproportionately from the effects of environmental degradation. And so our care of creation is tied to our care for our fellow human beings. And this leads us to our fifth and final point. We must truly see everyone as made in God's image. Can you imagine if the whole world embraced that truth? How many wars would just end? Seeing everyone as made in God's image affects the way we speak. Speaking about our speech, James 3, 9 to 10 says, with it, our tongue, we bless our God, Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. You see, when we see others as in God's image, we treat them with respect, even when we disagree. But when we don't, we begin to view them as less than human and thus less valuable. And so when, for example, we get into a heated discussion with someone, whether online or in person, let's stop and think. This person is made in God's image as I am. How can I speak in a way that honors that reality even while discussing or arguing for my point? And as a Christian, how can I do this in a way that represents Jesus well? A friend of mine got into a conversation with someone, uh, and this person was talking very, very negatively about a certain people group. And in the conversation, that person literally and very seriously said, we should kill them all. 
Now, I don't think that person represents people across the board, but it did cause me to wonder, where does that kind of hateful mentality come from? It comes from not seeing each and every human being as made in God's image and likeness. When we allow bitterness and resentment to stew toward a person, a group, a political rival, an enemy, we begin to stop seeing them as made in God's image and begin to see them as less than human. Now, I don't see anyone in this room going anywhere near the extreme of that person I referenced. But all of us have to reckon with our hearts. What is our view of others, even of those we can't stand, even of those we'd rather just punch in the face? Will we submit our hearts to Jesus? Will we treat everyone around us as made in God's image? Because if we're not grounded in Christ and his word, it's very easy to fall prey to that bitterness that dehumanizes others in our hearts and in our lives. But a beautiful thing I've seen is when Christians live out the truth of everyone in God's image. I see it when my friend Debbie helps in a ministry that speaks to people about Jesus and provides them with the food and clothing they need in hard times. I saw it with a person who many years ago would intentionally stop every day to give a certain homeless person food and say to them, God bless you. I see it when someone shares the message of Jesus with those who don't know him. I see it when someone returns kindness towards those who are mean to them. I see it when a student takes time to befriend someone who's kind of weird or someone who no one else will give the time of day. And I see it when we forgive those who have wronged us because Christ forgave us. Seeing, may, seeing everyone is made in God's image affects then how we treat human life. Certainly it applies to murder. To shed the blood of an innocent human being is an assault on God's kin. But it also applies to school fights. You know, beating someone up or egging on a fight is wrong. Now that's different from self-defense or sports martial arts like jujitsu, defending myself here, um, but still, we need to value other people. It applies to the poor, the orphan, and the widow. We're meant to care for those in need. Maybe in ways like giving food to helping hands, visiting someone who's sick or lonely, blessing someone with a meal. It applies to migrants. You know, our rhetoric in many areas can often dehumanize people. And whatever our opinion is on the complex issue of immigration, or whatever our, issue, uh, our view is on really any issue, we have to remember we're still dealing with human beings. It also applies to people in prison. Yes, convicts deserve to be in prison, absolutely. But the thing is, Sometimes they're beaten, abused, and denied human rights. I recently read a story about 
Inmates in Texas um, in certain prisons who suffer heat temperatures of up to and exceeding 110 degrees. There's no air conditioning, that's by design. That's wrong. It just is. Because even someone undergoing the penalty for their crime is still made in the image and likeness of God. And it also applies to issues of justice. The guilty should not walk free, nor should the innocent be punished for crimes they didn't commit. Leaders shouldn't take bribes. All of these things affect those who have God's image. And so seeing everyone is made in God's image affects how we treat human life. And thus, if it's within our power to help in some way in one or two of these areas, let's do something. Now, we can't do everything. Nobody can do everything, but everyone can do something. And finally, seeing everyone is made in God's image affects how we see ourselves. You are valuable. We often compare ourselves to so many other people that we drive ourselves crazy. Because I don't look as pretty as so-and-so, I'm worthless. Because I'm not as good of a parent as so-and-so, I'm a terrible parent. If I can't be as muscular and so-and-so as so-and-so, I'll never be happy and never see myself as a true man. These things become ingrained in our society and in our own minds. But they're not true at all. Because our value comes from God and being made in his image. And the God of the universe wants us to know him. He died so that all we've done wrong could be forgiven and that we could know him. And so if we never look like the person that we want to look like on Instagram or Snapchat or wherever who probably has 45 filters applied to their face so they look that good, it's okay. Because it changes nothing about our value and worth. I want to end with a few questions. Are you daily seeking to know the God in whose image you are made? Are you treating others as if they are made in that same image and likeness? Are you treating yourself as if you are made in that same image and likeness? And is the God whose image and likeness you are, is he your greatest love and affection? Because we were created to know into fellowship with the God of the universe. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for creating us. And we thank you for creating us in your image and likeness. What a beautiful thing that we can be made in the image and likeness of the God of creation to relate to you in such a way. Thank you for the worth that you have given to us. Help us, Lord, to value you above all things. Help us to extend that understanding of your image and likeness to those around us and to ourselves. And in all things, let us be drawn closer to you, the one in whose image and likeness we are made. In Jesus' name, amen.